Hello again. This is Charlie Belfontaine. Good morning, everybody. And this is the Homebuyers Hour on WCPT AM 820. It's going to be just the three of us again. No guest. But that's always fun because we get to talk about the stuff that's important to us. So I like to start off with my favorite attorney with an introduction. And then he's going to talk about what's important to him. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, so uh, our word on the street um, from our, our guest booker. I'm just going to say we have a guest booker. Uh, our guest canceled. And speaking of getting canceled, just wait till you hear what I have to say today. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My name is Patrick Loftus. I'm a real estate lawyer. I own a law firm called Loftus Law. It's very aptly named, I suppose. Um, you can get a hold of me calling and texting... You know, I I don't I'm not I'm not up on that new technology where you can uh, have a voicemail and then like you know, as in they're in the middle of it, you can you can you know just chime in and be like, oh, you're not a robocaller. Hey, actually, let's talk. Um, Charlie was showing that to me this morning. I was like, wow, that's so nice. Um, anyways, that being said. It's, it's not necessary to know about any of that. All you need to know about is like, you know, mid-2010s technology, which is to say find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Loftus underscore lol, if you are listening and not watching. Loftus is spelled L-O-F, like Frank, T like Tom, U-S like Sam, underscore lol, that's on Instagram. On TikTok, which, yeah, that's still 2010s, at Loftus Law. I got there before I had to underscore it. Sounds good. And then my favorite... My favorite mortgage person is Joey Matthews, the VA loan nerd, and we're gonna we're gonna have him switch hats a little bit after he introduces himself, and we're gonna go to Joey Nostradamus and have him <laughs> predict what's gonna happen in 2024 because he's always spot on. Hey, I got I got a reference for you yeah. that you that you'll enjoy. You know, just given your demographic, we need to get him. Do you remember Johnny Carson? Of course, I of course do. Of course, he does. The minor yeah. Karn. The he's, he's, we're gonna what, what the was the mighty it called? Karnak with with the hat. Yeah. We need to get Joey one of those hats. <laughs> God, the, the Joe Nick. Yeah, what was with that Hezzy step though? With with my favorite uh, my favorite mortgage <laughs> guy. What was with that? Since but since he's really not are. since he's not <laughs> actually on camera, he's just gonna be wearing it in his house. We can Photoshop I, it. No, I'm going to start no, posting no. a picture of myself on your guys' live live stream so people can see what I, what I look like that day and what kind of pajamas I'm wearing. Yeah, you'll have to put pants on. <laughs> I know so I will. Joey, give us an intro, please. Who are so, you? Buddy the Elf. Uh, so, Joey Matthews, <laughs> NMLS 1330694. The VA loan nerd over here at Neighborhood Loans. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, find me all over the interwebs social media in particular, is at the VA Loan Nerd. You can go to my website, thevaloannerd.com. You can call or text me at 630-235-2405. Joey Stradamus. What's going on? Who is always right, even when he's wrong, is predicting a very busy 24, right? Uh, and and, and that, is, that is coming from very short term anecdotal evidence in my world uh where generally we see this 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 hangover from the new year and people wait until after the super bowl to really start getting busy into the home buying activities but i tell you what i had 20 something pre-approvals uh in the first three days of last week alone um nice. i've had more since then but like that was the busiest I've been in, in that short of a period in about three years. Well, two and a half years. Um, so but that tells like me that, that, Joey, because when you talk about pre-approvals, that means these people are getting ready to buy, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean 20 new contracts, let's be clear. I mean, no, yeah. you know, but they're give, looking. Given the inventory situation, there could be 20 pre-approvals on, on the same property. You, it absolutely can. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, it, but I mean, you know. Well, it's no, it's, but it's true. It's true. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, realtors, I mean, I think the biggest struggle that realtors are going to have this year is getting is convincing sellers to become buyers, mm. right? I, and I, you could probably say that over the last two years. Um his rates have gone up. Sellers are just like, yeah, I'm going to stick with my one bedroom, one bath. I don't care if I have a family of seven now. We're just <laughs> going to do this thing. We're going to ride it out. And it's uh, it's a short-sighted solution to a much bigger problem. Um, families grow. 
things happen and sometimes you have to pull that trigger and i would say that it would behoove you to start doing so earlier rather than later because as if this trend continues and more buyers are coming to the market more pre-approvals are getting issued more people are putting offers on houses we're going to continue seeing what go up we're going to see values go up okay so it it again like get used to riding the wave this rate wave because the supply problem is the backbone of the problem in the real estate industry there's just not supply there's not enough houses regardless of of people selling we don't have enough people building we don't have enough builders building because they got hung out to dry freaking 16 years ago right yeah, it's so going to drive the prices up as you said i mean we didn't Absolutely. build any houses between 2008 and 2018 barely anything got built now part of that was because we had an oversupply at a certain point in time um, yeah. And so, you know, the, the demand had to catch up to that. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we're ever going to have a perfect uh, supply mm. of homes. You know, an oversupply is bad, as is an undersupply, as we're seeing right now. Um, and, you know, what, what we wouldn't, yeah, I, no one's thinking about this because we're nowhere near in danger of it. But, you know, I, I, would, I would hate to think that we could end up in a space again where we're, um, where we're with, uh, experiencing an oversupply of homes, but there's another element, and we don't experience it here too much in the Chicago area because, um, as it, it, it giveth and it taketh away, it being the, the how complicated it is to own uh, rental property here in the in the Chicago area, Cook County, and even in in the greater Illinois. Uh, in the state of Illinois. Well, with residential landlord and tenant ordinances, um, you know, uh, big institutional investors would prefer to just go in and and swoop up a bunch of single family detached homes that were, you know, more recently built uh, in in a place where they don't have to worry as much about all that regulation. But that's all to say that um, the nationwide, if you're looking at it from a a more bird's eye view, that's another bit of pressure on the housing market, the institutional investors that are coming in and buying up uh, large portions of the real estate in places like Atlanta, Charlotte. Uh, Joey, you might be seeing it in in your neck of the woods. Um, You know, it's they've got darn near unlimited resources and if if you're up against an institu- institutional investor that can outbid you and pay cash, you're you're dead in the water. You're not buying the house. It's funny though because yeah, you know, I didn't even think about it until you said this. We're getting a lot of inspections in more depressed neighborhoods, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much with these investors that are coming in there. And what's nice is I get to have a a good talk with them when we when we do our Zoom interview, going over the home inspection report, and. They're like, oh, yeah, this neighborhood is going to be improving. You know, it's got nowhere to go but up. And so they're they're also banking not only on getting the rental income, but also on the house prices going up. And hearing what Joey said and what you're saying, I, I just think it's a smart move. You know, and I've seen neighborhoods like Bronzeville, you know, Lawndale. I, I've seen... Well, I don't want to say it's not Humboldt Park is what I was looking for. You know, I've seen a lot of those neighborhoods are just, they went from I was afraid to drive down the roads to like, my God, this is beautiful. You you go, you drive anywhere in in Bronzeville and you look at the existing real estate, um, uh, you know, the the buildings there are beautiful. They're gorgeous. Those gray stones that they have, they're amazing. There are so many incredible properties now I, I i can't i can't tell you what in what condition they are necessarily so yeah. um you know but but assuming that they could be renovated if needed to you know just a a, a current modern standard man oh man would you have an absolute gem um and you know i i think whatever you want to think about any kind of neighborhood um you know if you if you drive down the street and you see beautiful homes of a character that that you could not build today uh you know and make it economically feasible as you said graystones you can't do that anymore you you couldn't you could not afford to pay the you know the the people who would have to do that construction you couldn't afford to pay them yeah it's Um, so intricate it's so it's that skill's gone you know now everything is split face block straight up and down and (laughs) You know, I mean, you want to get unique, you got to go with the energy efficiency homes, 
which yeah. by the way, they're building a lot of those now. With they're not even running gas lines to a well, lot of houses that they're building nowadays. Yeah, that, but that's the thing, right? It's um, you know the, the what they're what they're finding out, and, and you're going to see more and more of that. I think um, mm-hmm. is that it uh, the natural gas is is a uh, it, it's not helping our environment. Um, you know, just just like, I mean, I think it, it's some, something similar to the the eventual switch from uh, from gasoline vehicles to electric vehicles. Um, you know, you you can just make electricity more cleanly than than using fossil fuels. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that a lot of electricity is made using fossil fuels, it's just it translates it translates differently. And I'm no expert in those kinds of things, but um, oh, you, know, you are. <laughs> I mean, I can pretend to be an expert in lots of stuff. Um, but, Joe, did uh, you ever get that electric truck? No, I'm waiting for it. I just saw that uh, the reservations that were a uh, hundred or so before mine were getting calls, so I should be getting the call before. You're still the excited end of the month. about that triangle? Where are you? Are you buying a Cybertruck, <laughs> dude? Come, am I buying a Cybertruck? There's a bear poop in the woods. <laughs> Of course, oh I'm god. getting a cyber truck. He's excited about it. Too. Oh my god! I'm turning my Model Y into a rental and leaving it at Sky Harbor. Well, I mean, uh, that a lot of people are doing that. You know, I, we we did that when when my wife and I went on our honeymoon. Um, what's what is it? Turo. Um, we used. Yeah, that that's app. what I'm putting it on. We uh we rented like a, a nice newish Acura, which was was cool, a lot cheaper than I, I, I could have from do a, that. a car rental place. But I should have got a a, a larger vehicle. Dr- driving over some of the rougher roads in in Maui with a with a, a newish Audi, I, I felt a little bad, and I was Did like, you? if if I pop a tire here, this is gonna be a nightmare. But it's uh, funny, we went <laughs> up to Canada, and I also rented an Audi up there, but I didn't do it from a private; it was from the company. No, it was it was then, reasonable. Um, you know, which car rentals. Aren't always reasonable. No, they get a little bit pricey. The, the rental I love getting Turo. Into. Yeah, I, I mean, right. I, it, it, Turo, of course, it, it, all of these like you know sharing apps kind of get uh, the, it gets a little controversial when you get a, more of a dense city like Chicago. I know that there were stories about people buying you know like a, a, a car lot worth of cars to to put on Turo and taking up like entire city blocks with the parking. And that was making their neighbors a little aggravated. It would make um, me aggravated, that's for sure. <laughs> so, Joey, what's going on with our market then? Is is the rates you're planning, or are you expecting them to be dropping significantly, cool. just a Piece little? of a segue. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm so horrible on nice. segue. It's like, okay, <laughs> we're talking about rental cars. I want to talk about real estate. Yeah, know? no, I we're really good. So it's, that's, it's that's part of Charlie's job. <laughs> is is pri- primary host you know is keeping the squirrels on track when are we talking about the minds. bears oh gosh what are they go. gonna do with justin fields what about the chicago the chicago bears more like chicago chipmunks um oh, there we go christmas story anywho um <laughs> no so the markets it, it, i know i mentioned this last week and it's continuing right now and granted it's it stabilized a little bit a lot of traders thought the uh, prior to last week that the previous nine weeks that the MBS and, and, and bond markets have been oversold. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. overbought. Um, I disagree. I don't think there's been enough data. Granted, the jobs reports were stronger than we would have. Well, stronger is good for people, but stronger is not good for mortgage guy world. Um or, or home buyer world because when you have it's showing that there's a resiliency in the economy companies are still hiring all those wonderful things um and i know we got into it a little bit a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago or so but more people being able to afford more goods price of goods go up cpi ppi sorry producer price index consumer price index all measurements of inflation uh yeah. tomorrow we will see inflation data come in in the morning uh, if it comes in light at all, I think that we will see the treasuries get back down to that 3.9, area where it was a couple of weeks ago before the first of the year. Uh, right now, we're trading above 4% yield still. Uh, it's been about a week there, but it's been totally stable. So it's been between 4.0 and 4.1 this entire time. So very flat. Um, but the changes which are is minor, good. aren't they? What's that? The changes. So when they're either increasing or decreasing the rates, it's not yeah, this, anything this, big and drastic. I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be looking at quarter point reductions of the Fed funds rate. And the thing right now is is people think that every time the Fed cuts rates, that that rates are gonna go down on the mortgage side. 
um, and all that fancy stuff. But th- that's not entirely true because, again, I know I've, I've said it a million times. If they're, not, the, they're not directly tied in. It's, they're I not. Think, plus, and, it's, and it's a common misconception. Tr- trading is also going to be based on what they anticipate happening, right? So when the Fed said they were looking at potentially three rate cuts this year, uh, traders went nuts and they have already priced three rate cuts into the markets, right? So that's what they're anticipating. If the Fed decides to only if cha- change their, their pace and they say, hey, we're only going to do two at some point, right? Then we're mm-hmm. going to see the market be oversold again or at least a sell-off in the market. I don't want to say oversold, but at least a sell-off in the market again, right? Because now the Fed is changing what they're going to do. So it changes how traders anticipate moves, all right? Um, If they do four rate cuts, or they announce that they're going to do four rate cuts, unexpectedly, then we're going to see significant buying in the market. So we're going to see rate the, the, the bond yields drop, right? Uh, we're going to see the MBS markets drop. And when MBS mortgage-backed security markets drop, rates go down. Okay, um, okay. so it, it's simple, right? It's 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 the most beautifully clear mud in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll admit I'm confused. Yeah, you know. so I I think what let me see if I can break it down in in a different way because because Joey knows so much about this and. He's he's feeding us with uh, a fire hose, uh, not to use a a because <laughs> I was a firefighter. Yeah, I get yeah. it. <laughs> um, you know, so look, the the Fed's main job is to control inflation, right? And their main instrument for controlling inflation is interest rates. Now they they're it's the, kind of their only one, isn't it? Uh, yes and no, um, but that's a different conversation it, entirely. Sorry. They're they've. Uh, as time went on, they've, they've taken on more and more different things, and no one's really told them that they're not allowed to do it, uh, do any of it. So, uh, so how do they control inflation through interest rates? Why does that work? It's because they're trying to suck money money out of the economy. If there's less money in the economy, there's less for us to spend, and we can't overspend on the same goods just because we're trying to outcompete each other. Does that make that make sense? It does make sense. Thank so, you. how do they suck money? You know, there's. There's places where it's going to be easier for them to suck money out of the economy than than there is other places. And interest rates should make you think about loans, right? Because otherwise, an interest rate, that's that's the core reason for interest rates existing is because people borrow and and they and they lend money. And, And the reason they do they lend money is that they are paid interest and you borrow money. Uh, because you need the money and you'll pay interest to to get it. Um, the more interest, the the more uh, the higher the interest rate, the more it costs, the less you're apt to borrow money, right? So that's uh, so when they lower the federal funds rate, which is the rate that banks can borrow from them, um, it then pulls a bunch of levers elsewhere in the economy. One of the places being people's willingness to invest in government treasuries, right? So if if the interest rate is going to go down, what that means is if you buy a treasury at today's rates, you you're you're going to be beating the market as those interest rates go down, right? So if you're anticipating th- uh, the interest rate to be 3 quarters less in 9 months time, if you bought a 10-year treasury bill at today's interest rate, you're now 3 3 quarters of a point in the black. That makes that sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, why why does that matter? It's because that mortgage rates are not directly tied, but they they correlate pretty closely with the ten year treasury and what that rate is. I think what Joey has said, and Joey, correct any of that if if I've mischaracterized it. Uh, what Joey has said, it, it it's about two points difference. So if the if the uh, if if ten if ten year treasuries are trading at four. And, uh, to 4.1, then we should see interest rates two points more. Now they are not two points more; they're they're up in the high sixes, if I'm not mistaken. I will let Joey correct anything that I have misspoke about there. Typically but three right now. No, yes, no. Historically, you you see the difference, the delta between the the bond, the ten year Treasury, and the thirty year mortgage rate to be about two percent, two points. So again, yeah, a four would be a six. But right now, it's closer to a four being a seven. Uh, the the gap is narrowing because it got up to a three and a half get delta there. Uh, but I know I spoke that last week about it too. Is I I anticipate that gap narrowing this year, and I do believe that that is going to be the case. So 
Um, even if the 10 year treasury starts trading a little bit higher, I would still anticipate rates not creeping up as much as it has over the last couple of years with the 10 year treasury. I would anticipate that gap coming, uh, coming back to a normal, a normal Delta, uh, a Delta being the difference between one thing and the other thing. So yeah, I think as money, yeah. as money gets sucked out of the economy, there's less of it to invest, and the competition for those investments will get more fierce, which will slim those differences. I think. And as time goes on, things are going to be stabilizing, and I get it. You know, in order for us to get to those twos, and you know, in the the mid to high twos or whatever interest rates, you, you almost have to have another COVID situation where. It means something <clears throat> horrible has happened. Yeah. It means we've had another COVID. It means yeah. that Putin has dropped a nuke. It means that something, something absolutely horrible yeah. has happened and a huge percentage of the U.S. population is about to lose their jobs. Nobody wants or needs that. No. That would be, that would be I mean, disastrous on so many levels. I mean, it, it even feels crass to you know, call the the economic impact of that disastrous, but you know, it would be for individual families, let alone whatever whoever is the victim of of that horrible event that would intervene. We don't want another nine eleven. We don't want any of this stuff mm. to happen. My wish list for twenty twenty four above anything else would be stability. Meaning that anyone who is looking at buying or selling a home can look and they can say to themselves, I think that things are not going to change drastically for at least the next 12, 18, 24 months so that I can actually make a plan that I think is reasonable to make sure that my finances aren't going to, aren't going to take a nosedive. Um, and, and with rates going all the way down the way they did, they come all the way up within such a short time frame, it makes it darn near impossible for an individual uh, who doesn't have unlimited resources to plan ahead you're just you're you're trying to make sure that you're playing defense and if you're playing defense you're not thinking to yourself i ought to be going out and making a big expenditure like buying a home now in some ways this is an intended consequence of raising interest rates again i borrow half a million dollars to buy a house i've now i'm now fighting against what the fed is trying to do in terms of an inflation so for every person that makes the decision not to borrow money to buy that $500,000 house, we get closer to the 2% inflation that they're aiming for. So it's, thank you for, you know, on behalf of the rest of the economy, thank you for not buying that house. But oh, that's, that's annoying for someone like me who relies on people buying and selling homes for my living, right? So, yeah. you know, individually speaking, you know, the, the, the effects on us individually are, you know, can be quite harsh, right? Um, but, you know, y you hope that even as you're making a quote unquote sacrifice, uh, you know, for, the, for the, the greater good that, you know, when the time comes and it's time to uh, to relax some of those higher interest rates uh, to to get some more money into the economy that my ship then rises with the rest. And I don't want to go doom and gloom and fear of missing out stuff, but I, I kind of, you know, really happy to hear what Joey said and what you were saying you know, the market is still in demand. People still want to buy homes. And the value of the houses, I really don't see them going down. No, right? no, not, I, I still see here. them going up. Not here in our Chicagoland area. You're absolutely right. Maybe other, yeah. and I'm not familiar with what's going on in, in the rest of the United States. But here, it just still seems, you know, these houses don't sit on the market long. They do go by quick. You know, the prices, some of them I think that are overpriced myself when I'm looking at things, but I, I but then they're gone. All right. So just because I think they're overpriced and then somebody else doesn't and they end up buying it, it's like, well, what, what does that say? It says people need a place to live. It says that, you know, inflation plays tricks on your mind. Um, you know, I, I'm, I still, I can't tell you how many times I've pulled that old man move over, over the past few months, which is like, move. I know you're digging on me right now. I, I remember when that cost, you know, half as much. I remember, I remember when, cigarettes, <laughs> I remember when cigarettes were $2.50 a pack. I remember yeah, when gasoline remember was, when cigarettes were $2. And you still went over the border to Indiana to buy them because they were 30 cents less. I remember yeah, when I'll gas, a little plug for the brat stop too. I went, uh, I remember when I was able to drink at 18. 
Not that I'm justifying it, but you're right. Oh, I remember man. a lot of that stuff. Those you can't even days. smoke I, unless you're 21 these days. Yeah, <laughs> I got older cousins that used to do that border run, and then you know you got all <laughs> the, the, the the troopers waiting for him to drive back home uh, to to bust him. Huh. You know, we, it's it's funny because you know you, you think. I think you know with the way I always thought of things is I'm, you know, those those must have been the good old days. And now I look back and I go, I really lived in the good old days, right? right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I worked. Uh, you know, when I first started in the fireman business or full time gig up in Northbrook, I, and I'm going to throw his name out there just because he's dead now. Uh, Patrick Cunningham. I really <laughs> oh liked this God. guy. Every other word was an F word coming out of his mouth. But you know, I think you mentioned his name was probably Patrick Cunningham. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you. But he always made it clear that these are your good old days. All right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> these are your good old days. Everything's gonna get more expensive. The price is gonna be going up. However, as long as your your income is going up with it, you're gonna stay right in line with it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh I, I think you look at a lot of things a lot of things where people go like, well, you know, back when you were younger, the house costs, you know, blah 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 and yeah. uh, they can't really conceptualize that that also entailed a market salary, right? Yeah. Like they they take themselves back uh given what they make today and they go and well, in 1980 I could have afforded X Y and Z and it's like well, jump in your time machine and yeah. do it, man. All right, yeah. Marty McFly. I mean, head back there and, and have at it. Like, you know, come on. Well, what they forget is that, you know, my first job as a paramedic, I made 14500 a year. Exactly. Well, you should have made 70000 a year in 1980 as a paramedic and still been able to get that house. Like, come on. Yeah. I should have. I know. This should be a one-way street. Let's yeah. only do a one-way street from now on. Every, the only and, and it should change in whatever direction I'm going. All right. The whole Thank world you. needs yes. to go around That's me. That's the most well, important piece. <laughs> and, and let's and let's not forget, like you know, a TV back in 1980, like an, a a decent TV, which would be appallingly small to, to anyone living in, in today's age, uh-huh. would have cost you three grand, right? Like a, a CRT. You know, a- absolute. You know, the one that you need three men to lift and, and move into the the other room. Or ladies. <laughs> no, those TVs. He's trying to be politically correct. Well, in 1980, you didn't have to be, be politically correct. Three, <laughs> I'm sorry, big, I didn't realize we got in our DeLorean already. Three oh, big hairy men uh, who smoked cigarettes and you know the fanciest beer that they had was Heineken. Uh, you craft mm. brew little turd. My people. fancy beer was Mickey's Big Mouth. I'm really going off on a limb here. Lordy. So. Wow. Hey, speaking of TVs, though, we went thrift shopping the other day. And my wife saw this little nine-inch, you know, spin dial with the rabbit ear thing. Yeah, my dad had one of those. She had one of those, too. And she was, like, enamored and wanted to buy this thing in absolutely the worst way. And just remembering how how that. But, again, I'm digressing, you know? For what that TV costs. That's what we do best here. Just to to finish the thought. It's like, so that $3,000 console monster TV, and if you were really fancy, you had a Betamax uh, <laughs> um, it's not a VCR, a Betamax, whatever it was, because Betamax was his own thing. Uh, so you know, you're talking six grand all in. Six, you know, you could get a 55 inch flat screen OLED for like what seven hundred dollars today. So you know, yeah, price w- has gone down. You kids have it so good. You, know, you don't we, even know how good you get it. You know, I, yeah, I had to rewind my tapes before I, I returned them to Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want That's why percentages us. are great. Rather than looking at the dollars and, and, and cents, you look at percentages. I'm a huge fan of looking at debt ratios and how those have remained consistent over time. Well, let's let's talk about that because you well, know. Before I, we do that, I want to go around the horn one more time. I'm sorry oh, to interrupt Lordy. you. It's commercial break. Here time. we go. So I know, Patrick, give us the rundown, please. My name's Patrick Loftus. I'm a real estate lawyer <laughs> with Loftus Law. Find me on Instagram at Loftus underscore Law. Find me on. Do you have TikTok a Google of my business anywhere? At Loftus Law. <laughs> you can, if you know where, I wonder how you would find something on Google. Maybe I don't know. Go Google it. Um, Behave. No, I will <laughs> no. not. Uh, yeah, you know, follow me, DM me. You'll be the first one, uh, you know, to, to actually do that. Blah, 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 blah. All right, enough of him. <laughs> Joey, please. 
Joey Matthews, the VA Loan Nerd, very excited to be here. Uh, you can find me at the VALoanNerd.com. You can jump on Google My Business. You can find me on the Google machine. If, you, if, you, if I've worked with you before, feel free to leave a review. And then once you've done that, go find Patrick Loftus in case you've worked with him and leave him a review too, right? It's a great thing for the, the business. It's the least you could do or else I'm, I'm going to have to charge you more, to be honest. And, and my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland home inspectors and that website is www.thehomeinspectors and it's plural ors and it's a dot com if you're interested in joining the home inspection profession we also own the home inspection university of illinois that website is www.hiuil and that's also a dot com um we were talking about percentages yeah, I want, what I wanted to ask Joey is, so, you know, I, I think it's a really underappreciated skill to be able to kind of think both on the level of percentages as well as dollars and cents, because I, I think it really is hard to, to, to maneuver between the two. Um, often I find that when we're talking percentages, and this is usually relative to a property tax credit, um, you can get into a, a dogfight with the other side when you're talking percentages, but when I actually take the time and calculate it out, you know, we're talking a couple hundred dollars either way. You go, okay, mm-hmm. you know, let's 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 uh, let's find some compromise here because we're really let's put our, our logic pants on. Right, exactly. But you know, I, I think that what, what you're suggesting, and I, and I think that uh, that you're right about it, is that there's also a lot of value to to evaluating things uh, percentage wise. Um, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, what I'm getting at is obviously people are looking at, oh, well, home values are up. Well, you know, payments for homes are up, blah, blah, blah. But when you're focused on that and you're ignoring, so is your pay. Your pay is also up. What At the end of the day, home buying world on the mortgage side, and this applies to every loan that's not VA, it's a debt ratio world. Okay. Uh, VA world, we're looking at residual income, but you know, I also can see your debt ratios because like the system builds debt ratios in and I can see what they're at. Um, so we're looking at your percentage of income versus your percentage of debt and what your, your home debt's going to be. Right. And those are the things like Charlie making 14 grand back in 1942, uh, in his first home cost in $300. Like it's, it's all, based on a percentage of your income and how much of that goes towards your basic need for housing, right? And that's those numbers very have much, stayed consistent. Like. Exactly. Those numbers stay consistent. That is really interesting, uh, Joey, because you know, it really it tells a, a slightly different story than than the just looking at the gross numbers of, well, you know, housing has gone up X percent or or, you know, the the really the things that are meant to scare you. And I don't wanna, you know, start going, well the media does this, that and the other thing, but but they they they've got they've got a lot to answer for to be honest the the way that the the media treats certain things and the, the more I get to know about this that and the other thing and then I see a news story and I just start I go you're not qualified to to report this to be honest it's often when it comes to a law thing and it's a, a non you know some reporter that doesn't have expertise in how 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 the law goes and they go well and, and it, it just little things I go. That's not. It's a, easy to be sensational, a, man. It's easy to like, be sensational. It's like what you're saying is not news. Like you know, this person filed this motion or whatever. Just like oh, well, of course they did. You know, that that that's a that's a it's it's not newsworthy. But it's because of a certain person did a certain thing, and you know, whenever you use their name, and you know who I'm talking about, um, you know, it's it sells clicks. You know, and it's like. To understand, this is just a PSA from me, and, and you know the Home Buyers Hour does not endorse everything I say. <laughs> understand that everything that you see that is published out there is meant to sell you. It's to sell you on putting your eyeballs on it. All right. Yeah. There's a reason why the headlines on articles are not written by the person who wrote the article. Think about that. Why would that be? Beautiful example is April of last year when the loan level pricing adjustment change went into effect and people were like, oh, keep your your credit score lower so you get better pricing for a house. What? Right. 
Dude, oh my goodness gracious! Tell I me had more, so, Joey. Tell no, us story. I need to hear this. So yeah. no, there was there was lower. Le- there, there's on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. There's loan level pricing adjustments. It's based off a of whole matrices. Find it online. Just type in Fannie Mae LLPA. Type in Freddie Mac LLPA. You'll be able to see how pricing adjustments work on the back end for mortgage stuff, right? right. So they changed some kitten photos to like sanitize your eyeballs. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the the media took this these pricing adjustments and made it look like if you had a higher credit score, you were going to have a higher rate than someone with a lower credit score. All right. Because there were bigger adjustments for rate pricing for higher credit score borrowers than the changes in rate adjustment, I should say bigger changes for the higher credit score borrower than there were for the lower credit score borrower. At the end of the day, the higher credit score borrower was still getting better rates. It's just that the pricing adjustments were not as drastically good for them as they were for people that had lower credit scores. So if you had a 680 versus a 780, that 680 person is after April 1st or whatever, I think it was April 1st last year that it went into effect, that person was still gonna get a, a, a lesser rate not a, or I'm sorry, a higher rate than the person with a higher score. But because the effect of the change was drastic, not drastic, the effect of the change was to not have such a drastic effect on rate for lower buyers that people were like, oh, just, well, I guess if I just have a, a, a score in the 600s, I, I'll be better off. Yeah, it's, let me miss a few car- credit card payments so I can, you know, game the system. You know, it's like some, somebody saw an angle to write. But that's not true. That's what Joey's saying. Joey's saying that that's com- completely uh, a mischaracterization of what happened. And and so how, how did that get reported that way? Somebody saw an angle and they're like, hey, I, I already wrote the headline. I just need you to write the story to back up the headline because the headline is going to get just loads and loads of clicks because you know what why wouldn't you click if you if you're someone who's who's looking at any at any kind of borrowing money and you see a headline that says, Actually, if you have a lower credit score, you get a better deal. You're clicking on that all day long. I mean, that's that's a compelling headline. And what Joey's saying yeah. is, they weren't lying to you, but they were BSing you. And I but feel that like happens a lot. It does, and it's not it new in by our the way. business too. And yeah, I, I don't want to make this like as a new phenomenon. Like, oh, this internet, blah blah blah. I mean, go back to you know the the uh, you know the muckraking, the yellow journalism of the early 20th century. You know that uh, all of that existed. I mean, you know, go back to the the pamphlets that they put out back in revolutionary times. This this is this is as old as 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 anything else. But I I think we are too quick to believe what we see when a journalist writes it and and again you know i, I don't want this to sound like i'm totally crapping on no the, but the not always is what we hear or what we see it, it's not always true i'm going back to early fireman days too and another guy he's he's also passed away all these older guys that taught me my lessons but i remember you know what well, oh, jimmy jimmy i can't think emerson that's what it was and he always said you believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see when it comes to stuff. So when even no matter what side you're listening to, you're right, it is gonna be swayed. And we need to find out, you know, a little bit more accuracy. And I am gonna turn this back towards <laughs> the real estate business because Joey was bringing yeah. up reviews before. And, you know, again, I'm a boomer, not afraid to say it. Okay, you know? boomer. Exactly, and, and why, I don't understand why all you youngins go ahead and say it like boomer you know like we're a, oh, a no, bad boomer. person because you guys you know? have everything we want and we resent you for it good as well you should <laughs> but but the younger people now and and i guess we're going to what is it x and millennials those that are home buyers pretty much they do research and joey you were mentioning about you know working with me leaving reviews i mean i that's a big deal to me all right, is going ahead and getting clients to judge us, mm-hmm. all right, is what I like to do. And we actually, and I'm, I'm curious on you two, you know, in our company, we actually give a discount for somebody to take a picture of our inspectors doing the inspection and post that picture to Google, Yelp, or Facebook. All right, it's a little bit of a workaround because, you know, all the social media or social proof sites they do not let you give a discount for an agreement for somebody to leave a review, all right? Which I think is kind of dumb. You know, if I come back and I say, I give you a discount in advance, saying I want you to judge me at the end, 
I'm not really putting any pressure on you, at least I don't see it that way. But nonetheless, I want to plant a seed because I think that's going to motivate me. If I know you, Patrick, are going to leave a review, I'm going to work my ass off, you know. And and I'm sorry to our producer if I can't use that word. Obviously, my oh, he gave me the thumbs up. All right, so A two S. It's okay because it it's your ass. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> you know, Devin, so Devin's got. I mean, you guys jump palm, in, so Joey. I, I want to hear what are you doing to get people. You know, to judge your workers. Not nearly enough. How about that? Not nearly yeah. enough. I know that my company sends out their uh, experience.com survey uh, after it's done. This. And I, I, I literally just attached all of my business profiles, Facebook, wherever I can get reviews, I've attached that to my experience.com thing. So hopefully that does something for me. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, no, should I give I, our inspectors a bonus too. They'll make an, an extra amount of money, you know, and it's usually like 50 bucks. It's not a lot. So they'll get $50 if their client leaves a review. I I honestly don't care if it's a one-star or five-star. That's not true. I do care. But, you know, we're going to give that discount if if somebody is motivated enough to leave a review. Well, you've been been talking to Redfin. Um, You know, that's very much part of their thing is they they get all of their clients to review. And And not just their agents, but also the vendors. It's true. You, me. It's true, yeah. Whenever I have a Redfin uh, buyer, um, you know, at at the closing, I'm always like, look, you know, you're going to get asked to review your agent. Um, You know, anything other than a 10, Redfin views as a failure. So, you know, understand that metric. And, and, you know, that's really meant for the people who are like, well, there's no such thing as a 10. There's always something you could have done better. That's not the way reviews work, Um, (laughs) you know. uh, So. And I like it when they write books. I like it when somebody goes on there and they yeah. really explain the experience and what is a person did that was exceeded expectations or didn't meet yeah. expectations because no, that helps re- other people. Reviews are super important, um, you know, and then having the skill to kind of parse through which ones are, you know, the unreasonable people who left bad reviews. Um, now, it, as far as uh, my business, uh, reviews are important. Uh, I think anyone doing business in 2024 um, should not be ignoring the idea that uh, they're going to get reviewed online, and that is going to inform future consumers as to whether uh, you're a, a good fit for them or, or that you're good or bad at what you do. Um, I have some overlays as far as my, the, my freedom to kind of induce people to interview. Um, you know, the the ethics of of uh, of lawyer marketing advertising we've we've got some additional rules so i i think i would be mm, over i would be stepping over the line if i said you know i'm gonna you know give you some sort of incentive to review me i i, I think I, I could ultimately get re- reported for that and have a consequence on my law license so I'm, I'm reluctant to do that but um what i have found as far as like trying to get people to review more i found that a personal uh request from me is is far more effective than, oh, than really any other uh, way of of asking for that review. So yeah. anytime there's like an automated, uh, you know, hey, can you give us some time? Like, you know, when I go to the doctor, I'll, two days later, I'll get a, a text message from Northwestern. I'm not doing that. Not, I'm just not. I'm not going to yeah. do it. Um, and and that that's just one example. I don't want to single out Northwestern. Like I'm, I'm that's oh, the only. But a lot of companies are using these third party systems to you know send you. Were you happy? No. Okay, tell us why you're happy. We'll tell the owner. Were you happy? Yes. Okay, then go to this site and leave a review. Yeah. You know, and, and all they're doing is filtering. And, and that too is not correct. And mm-hmm. a big company like that, let's let's be clear, you know, that makes more sense than yeah, my doctor is not going to text me and be like, "Hey, what would you think? Can you rate mm-hmm. me 1 through 5?" <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> and then I would wonder if everything was okay with him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's uh it, it, they're really banking on, you know, if we have if every day we see 25,000 patients, if you know, the 1% of them rate us, we're, we're killing it. Um, you know, for me, I don't have that kind of scale to depend on. So if I handle, you know, a hundred approximately, you know, a, a year, you know, that's, if I, if I, if only one of them uh, reviews me, that's a fail. Um, yeah. So, you know, those, we, if, if you want to talk percentages, uh, like, like Joey suggested that we should, uh, you know, look at things that way instead of necessarily the gross numbers, um, then, 
okay, um, you know, that's I have to take a different approach than Northwestern medicine, um, you know, for so many reasons. But yeah, that personal approach where I'm like, hey, you know, for, for what it's worth, it's really valuable in my business to have people review me. You know, here's the, the link to do that. Um, you know, I, I really try to do that every time. I found that when my uh, when, when my paralegal does the same thing, it, it doesn't have the same effect. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's not the one developing the personal relationship the with them. Yeah, there's the key right there is who's developing the relationship. Yeah. And yeah, how much, how do you value that and what are you willing to do? Yeah, so I've taken you that know? part of the process back from, from him, which is the opposite of, of what my uh, intention is, which is to put more of, of the process on my paralegal so I can be working in my business. Um, no, on my business instead of in my business. And I, I'm going to tout a little bit. You know, I'm really proud of everybody who works under our name, all right? I mean, they really do have the passion. And people go, well, how do you find such good inspectors? You know, how, where they're all so smart and everything else. And I, I explained to them, I said, I don't really care about what they know as far as when they're entering the business. All I really do care about is your passion to help another human being, and that's it. And nobody's gonna come into this business knowing everything. No. All right, but I can give them that knowledge. Did you that know I could do, Charlie? Did you know that neither you, neither me, or Joey knows everything yet? I did know everything when I was eighteen. All right, but then the older those I got, the, the more days. those were the days. Man, I was so smart. Tell you what, you know, the older I get, the dumber I get. If I could just be as dumb as I was when I was eighteen, I'd be killing it out there. Yeah. I really would. Because yeah, you knew everything. I'd have no sense of, of the dangers of doing things. I would just do things. And, you know, I would suffer consequences, but some of them would be good. I'd probably put another car into a tree. You know, yes, I said another. That's grim. That's so <laughs> grim. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm like, I'm like, I would be wildly successful. Charlie's like, I would put a car into a tree. I was nuts. I was just I, dumb. I, I'm, I'm going to send that clip to a, a, a shrink and, and see what they think about our, you know, oh, underlying... God motivations for that they will go ahead and want to get me in their office five days a week for six hours a day uh, you know I, they may be making a killing off of my little pea brain i think if i if i sent them the link to my instagram i'd be involuntarily committed so joey and, and patrick do you think that's immoral of me and i want honest opinion here you know because i and i'm i tell my clients this too you know this 50 dollar discount is a, really a bunch of malarkey and yeah go ahead hit that here's the flag that's a bunch of malarkey. Um, there it is. <laughs> and oh, then, God. but it is. I raised the price $50 so I could give a $50 discount. But the only thing is, I just want my clients to know that we're making ourselves vulnerable. You know, I am confident in our people. I'm confident in the process that they do and the passion that they have to help the other person. And because of which, we go way overboard for our clients. I know we do more than everyone else. And it's not just a commercial. It just it is what it is. So because of which I could roll the dice and tell people to, you know, go ahead and please judge us when everything's done. I don't want to put any duress on anyone, right? I'm not tit for tat. You got to be positive and just tell the truth. We want to earn it, you know? And if you really think about it, the best way to motivate somebody is through fear or anger. If you ever really make somebody angry, they're going to want to take action, all right? So if we did a bad job, we would have a bunch of one-star reviews up in there. And then, and it's funny because I just had breakfast with another home inspection company, a bigger company than mine, and he was sharing with us that, you know, his highest paid employee in the company is the one that takes the complaint calls, you know, and I'm like, I'm listening to <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, the most stressed. Good for them. You know, I'm listening to this, and then I'm like, I don't get really that many complaint calls. I mean, we get them. Don't get me wrong. We're not perfect. And that, but if it's like two a year, that's a lot. And I'm yeah. able to deal with that personally. Yeah, you don't ha have enough to employ someone as like the the point person for all problems. We're not perfect. You no, know, and no, again, no, I don't perfect. judge people by mistakes that they make. I judge people on how they handle those mistakes. Well, and that, that to me is, you know, if, if you're you that Curry it, Ford. So you, uh, <laughs> well, you got to be careful there, Joe. Well, you, you you, <laughs> yeah, you obviously can, I was a little angry when I bought that truck. And you can also get blamed for some, for something that wasn't your fault. I mean, a, a problem in the eyes of somebody else, you know, if they're if they're seeking a place to to place blame, 
it may land on you even if it's not your fault. Um, and, and fine, fair enough. I mean, that still is a problem, but you know that's inevitable that s- someone's not going to see things the, the same way you do, especially if, if they're if they if they lack the self awareness to actually see what what their role in. Uh, was in creating whatever problem they they currently have, or or maybe th- there is someone else to blame, but they're just more difficult to blame. I mean, you asked a question whether these the scheme that you described is you know I fair. Don't want you to use or the word F- scheme. <laughs> that sounds so I, negative. Well, that so I'm using it in the British English sense that that scheme <laughs> right. is a much more agnostic word as opposed to a pejorative. Look, look at me using big words. Um, <laughs> Such so, an attorney. <laughs> I know I can't help it. Um, so, all right. If 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 I'm going to be brutally honest with you, I mean, look, one could look at that and say that fifty dollars is going to motivate somebody to feel some kind of way about that. Now they they owe you something, right? Whether whether or not they actually do, you know, it's created a, a situation where they they may feel like you know that that. That that situation does exist. I'm not suggesting that that's the case. I'm just saying, you know, if we're if we're just going to talk theoretically about it. That said, I I don't, you know, we, you've talked about having this be the arrangement, um, your business strategy, you know, for a long time. I've never felt like, oh, Charlie, I can't believe you're doing that. I think it's fine. I mean, you know, like you said, you're not writing the reviews for these people. No, no. one has to write a tome. Like if I felt. No. If I got to the end and I felt like, well, you know, for 50 bucks, I'm not going to ding you, uh, I'd, I would just, you know, hit five and, you know, write nothing or write, you know, it was fine. Yeah, I'm bored. Boom. Um, you know, and, and it sounds to me like you're not getting a lot of that. So, you know, as far as signals being sent that there's something rotten about this, I, it doesn't sound to me like uh, it's anything other than, you know, hey, you may not have thought to, re- to write a review. Let me give you an incentive to write an honest review. So time time always goes really fast on us right here. We are running short. But Patrick and Joey, I just want, you know, one sentence or whatever back from both of you. If somebody were to leave a review about a real estate attorney, about a mortgage broker, what would be... What would be a, an idea, thought, something else that would be very important to you to be said of a quality attorney or a quality mortgage broker? Yeah, I think anytime someone leaves a review that says, you know, something to the effect of, you know, really went beyond the the remit, you know, went above and beyond to, to help make sure that we felt good and that we were as informed as we could be to um you know to buy the home that we bought or to sell our home you know alleviated stress uh you know those are all like the the biggest things that my role is meant to be and and those are the things that i I love to hear sounds good and that's patrick loftus the loftus law and joey we got less than a minute so same question to you that you felt informed through the entire process that you never felt like you were in the dark that is huge i think those are two good things to look for and stuff. And that's Joey Matthews, the VA loan nerd. And his phone number is 630-235-2405. We're running a little bit short on time. Uh, My name is Charlie Balfontaine of Chicagoland Home Inspectors. And my phone number is 630. Ooh, I almost gave you my cell phone number. (laughs) Our phone number is 312-544-9180. And our website is thehomeinspectors.com. Um, Devin Tingles, our producer today, and I just want to thank him for, yeah, that's right, a little any, bit of extra Any bonus. other companies we want to crap on before we leave? No, I think we've done enough of that. Better we don't need the complaint <laughs> Maybe federal. But <laughs> complaint calls. I, I will throw one thing out there real quick, Joey. We were driving down Green Bay Road, and there was a neighborhood loan store there, and my wife never heard of it. And I'm like, wait, that's what Joey works for. He's on that company right there, so... <laughs> But anyway, we're going to talk about that more next week. We are out of time, and I wish everybody the best. My name is Charlie, and I am out. 